I just think LB is one of the most on-brand people I've ever known because while educating me about wrestling, they sent me fanfic instead. By accident. <laughs> By accident. <laughs> I did. I did not read it. Um, we were good. We were but good. We were just like, oh, don't click that one. Don't click that one. <laughs> <laughs> like the second, the thing is, is that I didn't even know need to know it was fic. It was fic. It was the second you sent it and said, don't click that. I was like, yeah, that's fic. Um, <laughs> that's 100% fic. Um, and it was one that I had read before. <laughs> guys, here's the thing you have to know about me. I am the master of the cell phone. I have turned the cell phone into an art. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wrestlesplania, the show where Kath Barbadoro and a wrestling enthusiast introduces wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a wrestling newbie. How are you, Kath? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Rachel? I'm good. I'm excited today because we have a guest once again. But it's been a long time coming. It's been a long Finally. time coming, this guest. Our guest is our West Coast producer, Hunk Tears. Thank you for coming on, Hunk Tears. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting a little sick, so I'm apologizing right now if my voice sounds extra sexy. Uh, <laughs> never apologize sexy. for that. No, it's really, it's, I'm so excited to be on today. Uh, I'm so excited to get to talk to you guys about this. And Rachel, it is my pleasure to get to guide you through this. I don't know if you remember this, but when you, like, you tweeted something about wrestling and I think my reply was, oh, my God, Rachel Millman's watching wrestling. I remember exactly what it was, actually. And it's a comparison that I caught flack for at the time. And I don't know if I 100 percent agree with anymore. I just tweeted that the Young Bucks reminded me of the Street Fight guys. Uh and you just wrote back Rachel Millman is tweeting about the Young Bucks and it was such an enthusiastic and welcoming response that it really helped shape this podcast into existence which is really cool you're kind of our parent thank you um I just for uh Listeners reference, uh, L- Hunk Tears' name is LB. We're going to be calling them LB and Hunk Tears probably pretty <laughs> fluidly throughout the show. Yeah, but I forgot to ask you what you wanted us to call you, and like, now I feel weird. We've been calling you Hunk Tears at the end of every show, so I figure it's a good tag. Um, so anyway, uh, we're very, we're very, very excited to have LB on. I'm really excited about this episode because I, for once, get to be in Rachel's shoes because LB is our Russell Splainer today. Um, LB told us about uh, Joshi, which is women's Japanese professional wrestling. And uh, this was a world I had no prior experience with, really. So they gave us some matches to watch, and we watched them, and they were fucking crazy. What have you done to us, LB? Yeah, that shit was brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that is what I like to do. I like to endear myself to people and then just ruin their lives. (laughs) very quickly with stuff that happened like 30 plus years ago with a lot of blood and crying i find that to be a really relatable metaphor for birth uh so thank you um (laughs) i am your parents you are my parents thank you yeah that was a really we didn't even plan that that was not worked um (laughs) now i'm having like an epiphany of like maybe that's what i why i like that in wrestling i love blood and crying maybe this is like a like i'm going back to my birth or something i'm like re-experiencing these primal experiences 
just don't let anybody tie that into like what they think you might feel about period sex. Is that- <laughs> I would never. You would never. But did I mean, you say chi- did you say childbirth is wrestling? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on the menu today are uh, two, mainly two All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling matches. The first is Chigusa Nagayo versus Dump Matsumoto in 1985 in a hair versus hair match in which Chigusa Nagayo dies for our sins. Thank you, Chigusa. <laughs> <laughs> and the second is Bull Nakano versus Aja Kong in a cage match in 1990. And I also included uh, the 1994 WWF SummerSlam match between Bull Nakano and Alundra Blaze for the women's championship. Uh, so the first match that LB had us watch was, uh, the Crush Gals versus Atrocious Alliance in, uh, 1985. Um, and like that match, I just, like the main word we would come up with is brutal, right? Yeah. So it's technically, it's not a tag match. It's, um, Chagusa Nagayo, who's one half of the Crush Girls versus, um, Dump, what's her last name? Matsumoto. Dump Matsumoto. I'm sorry, I got hung up on the fact that her name is Dump, which oh, I love kicks ass. Her name being Dump, like, I mean, I don't, I, before I step any further, I don't know if that's like her given name or if she was like, <laughs> Dump is evocative of me. But it just, it fucking, wor- it works so thoroughly. Like, she has this, to, for listeners who, ha- if they haven't watched this match yet, like, Dump is this extremely 80s punk girl. She's got black contour down her cheeks. And she, like her entire crew is like scary, chunkily hair dyed girls. And that was the first note I wrote down was just black contour. Yeah, the all black caps. contour is incredible, <laughs> including down her nose, too. Like it's one thing to do cheeks, but the nose contour was incredible. And then you have. How do you say your name again? Chigusa Nagayo, right? And then you have Chigusa Nagayo, who is just like this adorable, slightly androgynous. Well, she's slightly, she's uh, less androgynous in this than she is in other stuff that you had us watch. But she's, she's this adorable little androgynous girl who basically like her entire crew is like Olympians. Like they're all in red shorts and white Nike shirts. And they're just, they look like a polo team. Yeah, I wrote down, they reminded me of um, the Young Lions in New Japan. I wrote down Young Lionesses because they're like, I don't know if they're rookies or what, or if they're just admirers or what their connection to her is. Are they members of her like faction or something? So she doesn't really have a, as far as I know, she didn't really have a faction. Um, They were just like the baby faces of All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. And there are definitely some trainees in there, but there's also like... You know, Linus Asuka's in there. You got like you know major right. stars who are also in there. Um, so, so but, Linus Asuka is her tag partner in the Crush Girls, right? Yes, she was the one who was wearing a t-shirt, but she was also wearing like the leotard under it. She's the one who uh, was carrying her in at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she comes in on her shoulders, which is great. Yeah, that was incredible. Like, the entrances on this were so good. Um, And I also just really enjoyed that when they brought them in the ring, the ring was so filled with streamers that I was like, this is going to take 20 minutes to clean. How the (laughs) hell is this match going to go down? And they get it done very quickly. But it already sets the stage of very much kind of, like, cool, scary punks versus these, like, clean-cut, sweet kids. 
Chagusa's leotard literally says sports down the side of it. <laughs> yeah, I also <laughs> noticed that their 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 costumes are just women's swimsuits. Yeah. There's just like nothing else to it. Like I have to say, like, dump I don't think has a lot of support on her boobs. I was thinking that too. I was like, how she do you turned bra. <laughs> she turned around and like there it's all backless. Yeah. And like as a big titted American, yeah. I was like this is not this is more difficult than she is being given credit for it just support wise <laughs> yeah I think everybody in this conversation is a big titted American and we were all like I was just that was one of my first thoughts was like oh my god how are your boobs doing how are your boobs doing this? I bet they were so sweaty but I mean to her credit this is and it's fun to watch this is barely a match yeah so <laughs> is there any wrestling in this <laughs> we haven't gotten to what this actually is it's a hair versus hair match right so can you give us a little bit of a background on like how did this how did it lead to this like what how did they get to this kind of brutality because it's so brutal well so here's the thing about this era of wrestling um Basically, everything we have that's online is stuff people taped from TV at the time, stuff that, like, got released on tape as, like, collections, and then things that were tapes that were traded to the United States and Mm -hmm. then uploaded. So So this... In terms of finding things, in terms of finding out context, in terms of... Like sitting down, I think there's there's one person on YouTube who, if you search the like you know search the jet like the Japanese you know copy paste from I uh, I go to their people's Wikipedia pages and I'll like copy the um, the kanji from next to their name and then I'll paste it into YouTube to find videos. You're so smart. I never would have thought of that. That's good such a good you. idea. That's a, that's an incredible idea. And that also shows like how good of a wrestling fan that you are, that you're just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. Uh, but so, so you found one, you, that's how you search the people. So it's sort of like a spotty history for what we have now. Here's what I do know is that this was the, the atrocious Alliance versus specifically the crush gals, but the crush gals as like emblems of, all every clean cut nice girl in all of mm-hmm. Japan mm-hmm. was the feud. Sweet. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so we've got these like greaser punk bully girls, and then just like the cutest, purest, good like you know most good hearted tomboys, and Chigusa Nagayo is standing up for them against horrible, cruel. Like the biggest, worst bully of them all, Dump Matsumoto. And that's what this match is. It's <laughs> yeah. not for title. It's not for, you know, it, it's just this like, people will also like, one of my least favorite things about Western wrestling fans talking about Japanese wrestling is doing like, well, you know, the samurai had this whole thing about hair. It's like, no, <laughs> this is not what we're doing here. This is... <laughs> Like, it's exactly what it looks like. Everybody in the audience pretty much is a teenage girl. This is high school. It's, yeah. You're standing up to the horrible, you know, it's the nice tomboy standing up to the bully and saying, like, I'm putting my hair on the line and you're going to do it too. And it's going to be humiliating for whoever loses. And then we'll fucking know who won. We'll know who has the power in the situation. 
Yeah. So this was interesting to me because I, I said this was a hair versus hair match and Rachel didn't know what that meant until we <laughs> until the end, which it becomes very apparent what she that means. She suffers so much humiliation, <laughs> too. But so- if our listeners don't know, a hair versus hair match is basically the loser has to shave their head. Um, so that's what happens at the end of this match. And it's uh, it's so it's uh, the word I, that I keep thinking of is graphic but obviously it's not graphic because nothing gr- that it would be considered gra- it's not like it's like you know conventionally something that you would be like kids shouldn't watch this but I was watching that and I was like this is graphic this I would is not NC-17 I would not show this to a child yeah I like it's it's because the the MPAA or whatever the TV version it was of it was barely existed back then because like that that is a horrifying match. Well, I if also you, think- can you imagine showing that to a toddler? They would cr- <laughs> you would not get that toddler to bed. It's just it's so terrifying because I like personally. I mean, even on its worst greasiest day, I would not put my hair on the line. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting too that. Um, the context of this for most Western fans at least is watching it on tapes because I think in both of these matches that adds to how gritty and brutal the matches seem because like this looks like fucking faces of death. Like this looks like, (laughs) this looks like a snuff film. Like it, it has, there's the quality is really low. And then in both of them, there's a lot of shaky camera work. And then, um, at the end of this one, it's just like everybody mobs the ring. And so Chagusa loses to dump and it's like they cut to people in the audience sobbing. Yeah. Like it's so emotional. It's very intense. But to back up, like what leads to Chagusa losing is just like she just so they they, they the camera work isn't as great on this, I feel like is a safe thing to say. Is like the camera work isn't as great as other current New Japan stuff. Um, but they definitely set the stage of like, here's this mean bitch in her dark contour. And then there's this like <laughs> cute little, this cute little girl. And they go out of their way to definitely have a couple establishing shots of her just like this sweet little thing, like standing up for everybody else. And then does she land one hit? It does seem <laughs> does. very dominant. And as Rachel said, it's like, was there any real wrestling? I like- don't know <laughs> if there was real wrestling, and that does, but that doesn't take away from the brutality of it because Dump just just immediately starts beating the shit out of her and dragging her by the hair, and she doesn't have a lot of hair to be dragged by, so her fingers are like in that scalp, and then they bring out props. They bring out. Well, were scissors first? Yeah, so I want to talk about the scissors because I think it's really interesting. The First of all, it's a hair versus hair match. So like the thing you think of is cutting your hair. You think yeah. of hair scissors. And then it's just interesting because scissors are like, I associate them with women. It's such a like domestic feminine object. Ooh, yeah. And also... I don't, you know, I'm when I've seen like deathmatch stuff and and things with props and everything. I don't know what a kendo stick feels like. I know what scissors are, and so Ugh. I feel it so viscerally. So Dump grabs the scissors and she starts basically. I mean, obviously it's worked, but she's basically stabbing her, like holding the scissors in her fist and punching Chigusa in the head and and neck with the scissors, uh. and it's so intense and then she starts bleeding and 
it's crazy. But yeah. yeah. And like, so what, what's the uh, term again for when they do the small cuts in your head for worked blood? Uh, blading so yeah it's obviously it's some blading but it's just it's so terrifying because like you said the scissors because it often comes down to it I feel like people have these discussions a lot of like would you rather you know deal with the risk of getting shot or getting stabbed and a lot of people say shot because it feels like you can dodge a linear thing and like a like a knife waves scissors wave it's terrifying and so she pulls out the scissors and I immediately was like I don't like this I'm not enjoying this <laughs> Rachel watched this whole thing through her hands pretty much <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. the other thing about scissors are that they're not they're usually not very sharp yeah like I have I have had you know scissors accidents I've had knife accidents I'm currently missing part of my fingertip <laughs> yeah get um, well soon scissors. please thank you you went like, really method for this episode, and we appreciate I really it. Did. Yeah, the deathmatch guy now, you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the scissors aren't sharp. That shit hurts. Even yeah. If, even if like there's gigging and like it's worked involved, that does not feel good. Being yeah, it's. Scissors. It just doesn't. It's the fact that they're blunt. It's like digging chunks out of you, Ugh. like. <laughs> I um that that type of scissors I almost cut the tip of my ring finger off of that once and like it's just it's it's it was really freaked out and because they're cutting her on the head she has blood coming down her face and then what is else she hit her she hits her with a table I think a chair she hits her no she hits her with a table and then a chair oh yeah she takes the table and runs at her she runs at her and like so she sorry we're we're not being clear about who we're talking about dump is running at chigusa basically anything we say in this episode where someone is taking a move is chigusa because she just gets her ass kicked <laughs> yeah she just completely <laughs> she gets fucking like there is a little bit of like some wrestling early on but it's very minimal because what the the main note i took on this one is that you watch women's wrestling now and it's cool and these are incredible performers but so much of it they're still kind of rooted in we have to prove we're just as good if not better than the men and their root to that is look at all my technique look how incredible i am at these moves look Mm. at my bank statement look at this and like those women could kick my ass but what's so fascinating to me about this is that they just abandon all technique and are like i am going to scare everyone into this whole audience into respecting me as a wrestler and i would not fight dump ever (laughs) in my life (laughs) well i think it's interesting too and i i don't know lb how much you know about this or can say about this um but it's interesting to me thinking about who the audience is for this and how they respond so it was very funny because i was uh i was watching this and it was at the same time i was having a conversation where someone was telling me oh japanese wrestling fans you know they're very quiet they're very respectful (laughs) and i'm watching this and it's everyone is from minute one the entire time oh the audio on it sucks well it's the crowd is so loud like i and part of it is probably the way it's mic'd and everything but people are screaming from beginning to end just wall to wall screaming and it is again this is sort of interesting too because i feel like in modern wrestling and like wwe and stuff you don't necessarily see everyone in the crowd united behind one person as much like because there's smarks and everything so not everybody is rooting for the baby face all the time this crowd was rooting for the baby face the entire time and then was thrown into hysterics when she lost yeah i uh i think that's it's 
what we were saying earlier about like oh this is you know this is the high school bully being stood up to it teaches a very like real and upsetting lesson that like you don't always win against the bully like you the skinny nerd should not take on the big guy they (laughs) will fuck you up they will cut your hair and your literal physical head yeah they fight dirty yeah they fight they fight so dirty but i just i respect it so much (laughs) yeah one of my favorite parts is when they leave the ring and they're like right by the announcer's table mm-hmm. and uh, Chigusa takes, I think, they're, they're these, they always use these little um, like metal trash bins. They're yeah, like the cubes, basket. right? Yeah. And yeah, the little cubes. I think they're little <laughs> trash bins. Um, okay. And she like, she just takes one and like, it's just, she's even though, even if you, uh, this is the first match of hers you've ever seen, you can tell just from the entrance, just from everything you've seen from her this whole time, she is not someone who cheats. Yeah. But there's so much cheating from minute <laughs> one, and the ref does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the and, other like, refs. I don't blame him because Dump is really scary, and she's like, <laughs> kind of, she's like so annoyed with him. She's like, what do you mean I can't use this chain to choke out this girl? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, she's fighting the ref like half the time. She's stabbing the ref with scissors. Yeah, and the ref is just trying to get the scissors away from her. Maybe not even for Chagusa's well-being, but only his own. And I don't (laughs) blame him. I do love love that part when they're they're down there and Chagusa takes the the metal cube and is like, okay, I'm like, she's already being driven. It's not that far into the match either. And she's already been driven to the point of just like using that to try and defend herself. And it does something but it doesn't do much yeah but the you're right that the fact that she resorts to doing that just shows like how hard dump is going at her um it's interesting to me too that you said like you said the audience here is all teenage girls it seems like it's right mostly women and mostly young women i mean they're especially focusing on teenage girls so this is like the main reason i i get excited about the crush gals and i get excited about this like this specific moment in wrestling because it's not actually my favorite people in Japanese women's wrestling are a little later. Um, mm-hmm. They're like mid nineties, mm-hmm. but this stuff is when it's just these teens losing their minds, screaming and crying and waving pom poms. <laughs> it's so cool to me because that's so not how I've ever like experienced wrestling. And yeah. Also, not really what the audience of women's wrestling has been at any other moment in time. Um, All Japan women's pro wrestling did not. It's it has, it's a long it's like a long history of weird stuff that I don't I mostly don't understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is a certain point in the '80s where they decide like, okay, what if we marketed this to teenagers? What if we marketed this to teenage girls? What if we made these wrestlers? relatable what if we got them like they, they can do with a bunch of stuff they can sing pop music yeah and yeah. it works really well um you had the crush gals end up being this like this tomboy duo heartthrob thing um where they're the, they're the they're the cool nice girls you want to be friends with and of course teens are going to respond to that um and i guess I don't know. One of the things that really like interests me about wrestling is the reactions it's able to get out of me and the reactions it's able to get out of other audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the combined like love of pop icons and a love of like a just a really baby face baby face is just so intriguing to me, uh, which is why I like why I want to start with with them for you guys. This was really interesting to me because of that, because like you said, it is something I was really struck by at first of like, this is not who I think of as being wrestling fans, even women's wrestling fans. And I you sent us a video of Chigusa singing in the ring (laughs) before an event and She's, She's dressed v- in the middle of an event. I'm sorry, in the middle between matches. <laughs> between she matches. To wrestle in the main event. She just they just had her do a little concert in the middle of the TV episode. It's amazing. It's incredible, and it's I'm very interested to to kind of f- try to figure this out and watch more of it because you have all of these teenage girls, and the first thing I was thinking when I saw that was like I'm a straight woman, right? Like I'm I'm not super interested in in women sexually if I had seen that as a teenager I would have been so confused like sexually (laughs) confused because she's dressed very androgynously she's singing about a girlfriend and all these teenage girls are screaming for her and I just am wondering because like women's wrestling now at least it's getting sort of less sexualized but for so long in the west it was so sexualized toward like a male gaze yeah I'm wondering how how acknowledged was it that like these teenage girls had crushes on them? You know, like were they seen as teen idols in that way, or was it more like, oh, relatable friend, sports? You know, or are those indistinguishable? They kind of are when you're a teenager. Yeah, I think that, especially like in that time period, and in, I'm again not gonna do the thing where I'm like, well, I've seen a few animes, so let me tell you all about Japanese <laughs> sure. culture. Uh, but I have seen a few animes. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there is a there is a motif of, you know, having these kind of like excite like these sweet. It is it is the sweet relatable sports thing, but it's also a crush on the cool tomboy at school. Yeah, um, uh, that's a, sorry. That is a motif in like in anime and manga, and I'm not gonna make the claim that that's like. Well, you know, it, it's a totally established part of Japanese culture. Sure, but, I mean, sure. It, it, it is present in pop culture. It's definitely, if I just don't know, and it's unfair for me to ask you if you know, really, because none of us speak Japanese, but it, it's just interesting because, like, it's definitely present, whether it's acknowledged or not. Like, that is definitely part of what's going on, I think. But, yeah, it's just, it's so different from what we see as women's wrestling now, like, you know, and and both matches we watched like are not, they're they're not sexualized in the same way. They don't seem sexualized for the male gaze at all. No. Uh, a big takeaway I had from that clip of her singing is well, there were two takeaways, which is one, I'm a narcissist. It aired two days before I was born, which is kind of cool. Uh, Yeah, it's legitimately cool. Uh, And two, watching that first brutal match. And then watching the clip of her singing, it was really interesting to see the footsteps of like the Japanese wrestler I know the most about at this point, Kota, because Kota is just like this cute boy who like you should like you should and you want to have a crush on and you want him to be your boyfriend. But he's also his prevalent storyline is I'm gay, y'all. And like that 
that is so cool to see that. And like, he also has this, this one of these big things that Kath has set up for me in my tutelage is that he's kind of willing to do anything to brutalize his body. So he doesn't so much brutalize others to the degree he brutalizes himself, but you see that brutality. And then you see that like, oh, look how cute I am. Look how soft I am. I'm like this sensitive. adorable anime emo hair. Yeah, I'm adorable. Look, I just like, I'm just like a sweet boy, you know? So to see the, the groundwork of that laid is really cool because you can definitely understand where he takes those influences from. Yeah. And Japanese men's wrestling at this time was not geared towards this, that same kind of like female gaze at all. Yeah. Uh, I, was... I don't know a ton about it, but like I've seen pictures of boys. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not, it's really not that same kind of deal at all. But, but at the, at the same time, you have the crush gals who were done up like wham. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they same, do. That's the best go. analogy. They do. They look just like wham. They absolutely look like <laughs> wham. They have gender things like wham going on. It's great. I I um, I love that video you sent. So you sent us a video of Chigusa singing and then you sent us a video of them on some like like teen sort of like soul train or something I'm like Japanese <laughs> version of soul train and they're they're singing and they have choreography like it's so it's such a production it's so cute I just like I still can't believe that WWE like the thing that we continually discuss is one of the most nakedly capitalist things on earth is that they haven't marketed to teenage girls but I mean that's a whole thing that there's like an entire think think piece market about which is that for some reason we don't market to teenage girls even though they're like an incredible market they're super loyal we only market things do get marketed to them they just get marketed to them very cynically and then everybody else in the culture dismisses whatever's marketed yeah like we don't like One Direction is not a thing we take serious but we take the money of One Direction seriously. We take the money of Justin Bieber seriously. But if they were to realize like, hey, little, like I think they're starting, I think American markets 30 years after this are starting to catch on that little girls like women to be brutal too. Like, you know, there's eventually going to be a Black Widow movie, I guess. (laughs) And like, I, I don't even particularly want a Black Widow movie. It's just like, I don't understand how you don't see that this is so clearly marketable. Yeah. Um, so that is great too. And you were saying that you kind of wanted to, LB, you were saying you kind of wanted to touch on that of like WWE was now like, Hey, look how progressive we're being. And it's like, you go back 30 years and Japan was kicking their ass and still is. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I'm, I don't want to take away from anything that WWE is doing because I like a lot of it, but there are these, especially when I'm like, I have all this stuff on my computer. I have like my little like Joshi playlist on YouTube of stuff people have uploaded that I like am slowly making my way through. And then I, you know, go and watch the Royal Rumble and there's, you know, Stephanie McMahon walking out all triumphantly like we're making history. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like that. That feels really cynical to me. The way, yeah, they I mean... that, the way they're marketing this like lie because women's wrestling, even I, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like I, you did see, you did see a piece of that, uh, Bull Nakano, Alundra Blaze, WWF match that was dope as hell yeah and that wrestling in the mid 90s and they deliberately like went back they regressed from the place they had been and then went back to sort of where they were and are patting themselves on the back for it and it's just gross well it's interesting because so this is a good place to transition into the next stuff we watched um it's interesting we were talking about like oh this uh 
dump Chagusa match. There's not a lot of wrestling in it. It's just a lot of like beating the shit out of this poor girl. <laughs> but the other stuff you had us watch had some fucking moves in it. We watched Alondra Blaze versus Bull Nakano, and they're doing moves. Like they're yeah. you know, jumping off the top ropes, suplexing each other, doing all that shit. And the the other one we, we watched that was a Japanese promotion was in Joshi was um Bull Nakano versus Asia Kong. And it was a cage match. And that was fucking nuts, too. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, my God. That match. Again, we watched that together as per your instructions. And it was <laughs> we were both just stressed out by it. They seem to be just arbitrarily dropping tools into the cage with no like <laughs> with no reasoning, no nothing going on. I was absolutely convinced that a cattle prod was going to be dropped into it <laughs> at the end. I'm just like, oh, my God, we're going to watch a woman die. I was just sitting there. I was just repeating like neither of these women are alive anymore these women (laughs) died directly after this match (laughs) um and like it doesn't go it's there's zero convincing that you have to do to like set up a story of like oh no sasha hurt bailey's hand like these women fucking hate each other (laughs) and i believe it in full and i'm terrified it's i really like um something i like in both of these matches but particularly this one I love how they look. I love their entrance gear. And obviously, it's very cool um, that they both are not sort of like your conventional, like, thin, sexy, uh, built, like, wrestler babes. Um, We talked about this on our last episode we recorded. Rachel loves uh, anybody with big legs. Yeah. My people. They're my people. I have big (laughs) legs. I was born with naturally, like, large legs. So to watch the... uh, the Bull and Aja match was really cool. I we Kath and I didn't fully understand how to win, but we figured out at the end that you just have to crawl out of the cage because we were like, there's no ref in there. There were so many things that like could have happened that I would have fully believed would have happened. I, I want to go back a little bit to their entrance because I was going to say like, not only do I like their bodies, yeah, I they look so unique. Like there's nobody. Nobody looks like that. Like they don't heels don't look like that anymore. Yeah. I feel like they have they're both in like crazy full makeup. Uh um was I can't remember if it was Bull Nakano or Asia Congo had the big hair. I think it was um Bull Nakano. Yeah, Bull Nakano has hair. She her iconic hair is just like you know, she had like long hair, but she would I guess just spray the fuck out of yes. it or mousse it. Just so she had like a hair pyramid. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Asha, had Asha Kong has the uh, has the curly um, yes. mohawk. So, Bolakaro to me looked like she reminded me because she came out with this big collar and this yeah. big cape, and she it's so good. The cape is so good. She looked like um, the villainous in the Power Rangers. Ooh, very good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she definitely, yeah. I she looks like a Power Rangers villainous. I like that she's got the one single like ultimate Liberty Spike going on, and yeah. then like the main anger that draws for her in the match is that her hair falls. At least that was how we that took was it. Rachel's reading was she's just really mad that uh, Asia Kong fucked up her hair. <laughs> She's gonna, she's mad. She's getting punched in the face too. But like the source of her anger is really the hair because it's in her face now. Um, but the so the the walk into the match. Their bodies are so cool. Their look is so cool. They also it's a looser cage. I remember at one point I was convinced that they were just gonna throw one another through the cage itself. Like they were gonna break the metal. That would have been cool. Actually, that would have been, been dope. Would have been really into that. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like a Bugs Bunny shaped hole in there from where they threw her through. Um, I mean, that match is really brutal and it just it keeps going in an impressive way. Yeah. Like they anybody would have been done and reasonably so five minutes in and that match just keeps going. They keep throwing in more tools. They throw in the rope. Then they throw in the goddamn chain. Dude, there are nunchucks in this match. There's nunchucks <laughs> and she uses them really well. <laughs> I love the like the regular size nunchucks. And then there's just the like the metal pole, the two metal poles connected with a chain, which is like giant nunchuck yeah. that Aja Kong then gets thrown. Like, haha, one up to you with this comically large set of nunchucks. That's like my favorite thing in this match. Yeah. It's, yeah, they have, we were trying to figure out what that was. We're like, I guess they're just like XL nunchucks. Yeah. Like, uh, when the, when the like standard size nunchucks got thrown in for two seconds, all I saw was that they were shiny. And I had no doubt in my mind that they threw in two blades and that was it. And somebody was going. <laughs> going to die like I was fully convinced that somebody was going to die this entire match it definitely has that energy to it um the other thing I thought of when I was watching this was like it's rare that you see a, a female female hoss fight like that's, <laughs> that's in my notes too oh I just yelled really loud I'm sorry but yeah that's also in my notes <laughs> Yeah, like, just because a lot of times, like, yeah, you have, like, your monster heels, you know, you have your Nia Jax, and it's awesome, and she's cool, and she throws people around, but, like, it's rare that you get two big big gals going against each other, and that's, like, such a trope in men's wrestling. It's a shame that there aren't enough people doing it, because it's, like, it's so brutal. They just are fucking, everything in this just really looks like it hurts, man. Uh, Yeah, I just want, I want Nia Jax to get hooked up with their costume. I want Nia Jax to get hooked up with their costume design. Yes. Uh, Because, like, we've complained about this before. Like, Nia Jax should, her costume design should do better by her. She's so cool. They did her dirty, man. They did her real dirty. And they continue to do her dirty. But, like, they, I want, yeah, the the big hoss fight between the two of them is great. Because it's, like LB said in their notes, like, this is, they, there's not really a face in this. This is just an all-out brawl. Like, they're both heels. I don't 100% know what they're competing for other than to just murder each other. <clears throat> Basically, the deal is, um, so, in the first match I showed you guys, Bulna Kano's in that. She's there. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the undercut girls who's in the Atrocious Alliance. Yeah. Um, so she's, that's that was what she was doing in the 80s. Um, Dump Matsumoto retires. Bull takes over as like the top, you know, makes her own uh, heel faction, is the top guy in the company. And then Aja Kong is in that uh faction as well and then she defects and starts her own oh okay that's right i just wasn't 100 percent sure like thank you for the the reminder uh it's just so it's 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 an honor fight more so right yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're just bitches Bulnikano is the top person in the company she has a cool ass cape she's got the best looks she's got the tallest hair yeah don't step to her <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially the hair. The hair factor is very good. I like I like the idea that if you have the tallest hair, you get to be the top person in the company. I think that's what Sonata thinks, and that's why his hair is so big. 
um, so that match, it's a the full on cage match is really brutal, and you can definitely watch this on YouTube too. Yeah. Uh, and we're yeah, gonna. These are both free. We these are both free. Them. We can tweet out links to these so people have guidance to it. Uh, and then the what was the 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 nunchucks are in there, and then they have there's whole cubes again. The cubes again, which just get crushed to scissors death. Scissors again. Scissors <sighs> come out. What? Who's just carrying scissors? Oh yeah, that's Don't like that. one of the really good shots in that is when you just see a hand. It's from the perspective of the hand, like guiding the scissors through the fence, and she grabs them. And you know, I was just like, oh fucking god damn it! I have to <laughs> sit through somebody get beat, getting beaten up with scissors again. And she really like stabs. A, a lot of her upper arm. Yeah, she gets a lot of arm meat. Yeah, she does. Uh, it was, um, it's Aja's arm that's getting stabbed. Um, and I'm just sitting there telling myself, like, it's not tendons. She's not stabbing her hand. Upper arm meat, like, doesn't hurt as bad. But it's still, like, she's covered in blood. They both have severe head injuries. <laughs> shallow and concussion-wise. Uh it's just, it's so fucking brutal. There are a couple parts where I'd be interested to hear our producer Nate's perspective on this because he didn't watch, but he watched us watching. Yeah. And it was just us screaming like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, over and over again. <laughs> the part that really got me where I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, what is about to happen is the part with the chain. There's a part where a chain gets thrown in. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's Aja putting it around Bull Nakano's neck, but I'm, I might be wrong. It's the other way around. Yeah, Bull Nakano's putting around Aja Kong's neck. And, and there's like a tug of war happening. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's, it's just, just like, like, oh, they're, they're going to take her head off. Like, like she's, she's going to tie it around her neck. neck and then her friends on the outside of the ring are going to pull. And we are going to watch somebody's neck break. Oh. Like, I was freaking out. I yeah. was like, how are they going to work like a, a decapitation? <laughs> I want to know. Please tell me how they did this. And then, like, thankfully, I didn't have to figure out, you know, the technical aspects of that. It was just, it was so, there wasn't a point, there's no point in any of these matches where it's not brutal. Yeah. yeah. And I, favorite, oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, one of my favorite things about actually both of these matches is, and you touched on this, like, right away when we were talking about uh, Nagayo Matsumoto, um, is that the presence of these factions and stables and all these other people around the ring just adds so much to like the chaotic element of it yeah. and just the feeling that there's a lot happening because there, it's not just a feeling, there is a lot happening. Like in that chain spot, um, I, I forgot who hands it off to, to Bull to put it around Aja Kong's neck, but that person on the outside of the ring gets attacked by Medusa, who's in Aja Kong's stable and mm-hmm. gets the chain. So there's like, there's a point where the chain is being wrapped around, like, I think three different people's necks who are all on different sides. It's so in, good. in and out of the ring. It's so much. And that's like, that's why I'm here. I'm here for a lot. I'm here for feelings. And I'm here so I can send matches to my friends that make them scream and say, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think both of these matches are it, in different ways are. Again, so much is the way I would describe both of them. Like, just that sort of excess of emotion and of, like, violence. And there's this sort of chaos, like, mob stuff going on in both of them where people are just, like, randomly climbing into the ring and, like, <laughs> up the fence. And, you know, there's a part where... Um, one of them is like climbing up the fence and someone else climbs up on the outside and then they have a fight. And then that girl gets pushed off the, off the, uh, 
the cage. Like there's just, there's so many things going on at once and it's so overwhelming and sort of totalizing. And you're just like completely swept away by what's going on. And it's so crazy. And then in the, in the previous match, there's that element, but then there's also this like emotional excess where you have like, not only all these people around the ring who are, freaking out and like fighting everybody and and getting involved in everything but then everybody else is fucking crying and it's like so like the match ends and it but everything else keeps going like you have so much feeling that like it can't be confined from bell to bell you have to like get it all out the rest of the time and that's like what i love about wrestling so these are like i'm gonna watch so much more of this now like yeah so into it i'm so Uh, glad <laughs> I really love that turn of phrase of bell to bell. Bell to bell. That's yeah. very that's a very very good turn of phrase. I'm just, <laughs> that's all I was going to say is that I'm complimenting you, Thank you. intensely. Uh, <laughs> uh the other match that we watched was um god what was her name in the 1994 SummerSlam one? Alundra Blaze and uh Bull Yeah, and then the final one we watched was Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano. and uh first of all I loved Alundra Blaze's name. Like, that's the fakest name I've ever heard. It's really great. That is a, a, that is like, so you know how indie wrestlers now will go to, or sometimes they'll go to NXT and they'll get like a really dumb new name. Like Biff yeah, Music, Oni Lorcan. the coolest name of all time is now Oni Lorcan. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so mad about Oni Lorcan. I hate I'm, that name so much. Biff Music is such a cool name. Biff rules. <laughs> <laughs> but Alundra Blaze was Medusa. That's her climbing that cage. That's what I thought. Oh, okay. I called it. I was like, I think that's her. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I'm just bragging now. But anyway, yeah. So that's Medusa. Yeah, she trademarked the name Medusa. And Vince McMahon didn't want to pay her for it. So he's like, well, you're you're Alundra. I'm not going to do a Vince McMahon impression because my throat hurts and because I can't do one. Uh, Except (laughs) for the walking. I can do the walking really well. Um, (laughs) He's like, you're Alundra Blaze now. That's your dumb, weird fire name. So, yeah. like, to punish you for trademarking your name, we're going to give you a dumbass ring name. <laughs> Sounds like Vince. Um, the uh, that that match is great because I first of all I would wear both of the outfits in that just like out of the house, like yeah. Uh, the, it's great. Yeah, the uh, but Bonacano's outfit is legitimately like really good top that I would just wear uh, everywhere, which is a lot of fun. Uh, that, But that match, again, like you expect, especially in 1994 women's wrestling to be like super aggressive and basically soft porn, but it's real wrestling. They are going hard. Yeah, and it's like, it's good. It's technically good wrestling and, and they're doing moves and everything. And it, it is interesting because like, I feel like, you know, during the Attitude Era, which none of us really watched much of, but we're cognizant of it when we were kids, like you said, they're, they weren't doing this kind of stuff. They, they really backslid. And like, from what I understand, a lot of that is because of Stephanie McMahon. So it's very funny that she's trying to champion this progressive cause of like women being equals when like she was the one in charge of creative giving them lingerie matches to do. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just sort of really indicative of how corporate feminism is, though. Of just kind of like, oh, this thing you could have had 40 years ago, we're we're giving ourselves a pat on the back for it now. This thing we did have for yeah, years yeah. Ago, that we've ignored for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm trying to like remember my my WWF women's wrestling history as someone who's been watching for 
a really short amount of time and was like five when the, this uh, when that match happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happens is Medusa gets goes to WCW and WCW brings in some people from All Japan Women's. Oh. Um, like you've got like a bunch of my a bunch of my faves uh, have WCW matches that have been recommended to me and I need to check out. Um, and then Medusa hops over to WWF because their women's title. I may be getting this wrong. I'm pretty sure though it was vacant for like five years. They just didn't Damn. have a women's champion. Jesus. Yeah, that that in alone is indicative of like the place of women's wrestling in the eyes of that company. That's so nakedly insulting. <laughs> uh damn. I also really liked that her unitard was inside of her asshole. Just like, because <laughs> they have that shot from the bottom and it's like, wow, that is her butt. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good butt. <laughs> but that that match was super fun. We just, it was a lot of, this was a really great introductory course for us. Especially, like, I mean, I'm the newbie all the time, but to have Kath be the newbie too was very fun. Yeah, I liked it. How did you, like, how did you pick these matches for us to watch? Uh, this was actually like, this isn't, wasn't the hardest decision I ever had to make, but there were several times while I was making it where I was like, this is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. (laughs) I basically, uh, went through my favorite stuff from 1985, nope, 1984 to 1996 stuff that I had seen and put it all on a list and figured it out from there and you were I was originally going to give you like two or two more matches and then I realized I didn't want to do that to you because uh the one after that was going to be was much more brutal and oh shit yeah (laughs) what happens in that one I I can't even imagine uh that's you know I'm just that's just my little my little tease to get you excited about Akira Hokuto oh man yeah, we have to have you back on to watch this other stuff for sure. Yeah. You're going to shepherd us through the world of Joshi. Yeah, it's just, I'm just going to be screaming the whole time. Like, <laughs> if this were a lot, through a lot of these matches, if this were a horror movie, I would have turned it off and been like, nope, I'm good. We're good. It's, it's, it's fine. We're doing fine. Um, I was into it, but I, so I watched the, we watched the um, Alondra Blaze Asia, Aja Kong one. Sorry, I keep fucking that up. We watched the Alondra Blaze Bull Nakano one together, and we yeah. watched the Aja Kong Bull Nakano one together. Um, and like, both of those were really intense. But I watched the hair versus hair match alone, and I had to like go on a walk. Like I had to like, <laughs> I, like left my apartment and walked around the block. So I was like, I need to fucking calm down. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just like she's crying. Which is, that's the best wrestling yeah it's like if i feel that way after watching a match like and i felt this way after the evolve show we went to like we went out to eat after that show and i like couldn't really talk to anybody because i was just like that was so intense (laughs) and like i experienced something so intense that i just need to like decompress you know what i mean yeah i definitely understand that watching this stuff yeah i mean i do this a lot of the time where i like i watch this and i get super into it and then i'm just on my phone not talking for two hours because i need to get some of it out of my system uh which is i definitely understand that um and uh i don't know well you the other clip you sent us was that really cute joke show of it was uh aja it was um not aja yeah 
It was Aja. It that that prank show you sent us of like Aja setting up the fake ring behind Kota, and that again, I mean, that definitely helped inform my whole. Oh, these are the foundations of what Kota Ibushi draws from. But it was such a funny, cute little thing of like, and I was also really glad to learn she was still alive after that cage match because I was legitimately. Con- yeah. I was, she still wrestles, right? She yes, she's gonna wrestle Viper. Speaking of uh, a hoss fight, um, she's wrestling Viper, who's a big Scottish girl, like tight. real soon. Nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, she, she has not ever stopped wrestling. Yeah, uh, she's a fucking badass. And they do that like weird little match in the street on a joke show, which I also love that like Joshi was so big that these people are still celebrities enough to be on like weird joke shows on TV in Japan. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, oh, it's like, Kong. I know who that is. <laughs> it's like somebody being on like fucking punked 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, that's They're like a pop culture icon. And that, I mean, the crush gals, like you sent us all that s- stuff of there, like just to show us how pervasive their celebrity was. Like they're probably, I don't think there's anybody in wrestling that big now. No, no. Like John Cena, I guess. Does the rock even count at this point? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like other, but he's like that big for other reasons. Yeah. Like the crush gals to my knowledge were like, Oh, it's the crush gals from wrestling. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's maybe Cena and he's not even close. Cena is still like being proven as a marketable film star and other stuff. And they still don't know if he is, which is kind of wild. <laughs> um, but that was really cool. I really enjoyed um, it's just like the whole thing was just fun. It was just a fun universe. I didn't know anything about in a subset of a universe. I barely know anything about. Well, and to me, it again like both of these matches it felt like i was watching something so different like i said the these people all look really different like all of them i was talking about the crazy punk stuff that the heels were wearing but it, the baby face like it's a whole different type of baby face because it's it's like this young fresh face like tomboy like i don't really see that now and I don't know. I just I felt like I was very transported into this world. And then you have like the audience is all not people I associate with a wrestling audience. It was just very like this is something very different. I know. Even as like a person who watches wrestling all the time. I would say the closest we have to that is maybe Bailey. Oh, like a a white meat baby face. Like like a white meat baby face like that. But like Bailey is still she's still very feminine. Yeah. And I, I it's interesting, too. I think part of that is. Uh, a function of the time like I think that those kinds of baby faces were more prevalent in the 80s in general like you're sort of pure like good-hearted fresh face like no dark side whatsoever I'm an andro- androgynous Olympian hello <laughs> uh that was definitely very much the vibe I got from it but I also I really loved uh, the whole crew of concern at the end definitely um Linus Oscar gives her performance in that match is I mean I was able to see it because I've, I've watched it a few times. She just like trying to get in and trying to stop it. She looks heartbroken the entire time, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, it it's so emotional. Like it really looks like you completely you're able to totally mark out and forget that it's worked. You know? Yeah. You know what we didn't talk about what those fucking leg drops. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, this is how crazy this shit is. We talked about these matches for like half an hour each, and we didn't even fucking talk about her jumping off the top of the cage. Oh, my God. I like I thought we were going to get there. I just like I got <laughs> so mixed up within it. Um, And I'm sorry to Nate for the stitching you're going to have to do, but it happens. Uh, <laughs> so what were you going to say about the leg drops, LB? Uh, I was mostly going to say that fucking leg drop. <laughs> it literally says in all caps, that fucking leg drop form the top of the cage. Y'all Bull McCarno is the only person in this world who I love. <laughs> like, I don't really need to. I, I don't know how much I need to expand on that. Uh, it's I fucking it's the, insane. It's the first wrestling gif I ever made. Oh, I, oh. I got gif software for that when I made it and I didn't know how to use it. So I have like five different really slowed down versions of that leg drop <laughs> at different compression rates saved on my computer. Um, That's this a was beautiful the first, story. This was the first uh, Japanese women's wrestling match I ever watched. Oh, wow. <sighs> yeah. What a beautiful moment. <laughs> also, how the hell did you return after that? <laughs> that's so crazy. Uh, that's the, So that was your, that was what got you into wrestling? No, it was just that it got, it got me into Japanese women's wrestling. Okay. That's fucking, that's still oh, so, so cool. cool. And, and like, oh, that's, that's very that wonderful of you. I've ever watched. <laughs> be such a, I, that, like, I would never stop bragging about that if that was <laughs> I'd be such like a Joshi hipster. Oh my God. Uh, no, it just like, and I fell in love with Bull Nakano. Like I'm fat. I have, you know, stuff about movement. And so seeing her thighs out, you know, no compression happening in there. <laughs> climbing all this shit, hair in her face, blood everywhere. Doing a giant leg drop from the top of a cage onto another big person. Yes, I'm here forever. I will, <laughs> I'm signing over my soul to this. I belong to it now. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, we that that is with the top of the cage because Kath was like, no, they're not going to drop from the top of the cage, and I was like, I think that's going to happen. And we initially well, that was when we were trying to figure out how you win. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's no ref. Yeah, how what's you- going on here? Is she supposed to get out? And then it's like, oh, she is supposed to get out. But she's not going to get out yet. She has some unfinished business to attend. Yeah. (laughs) You thought she was going to drop from every corner of the cage? Yeah, because then she climbed up the next one. I was like, oh, she's just going to do it four times? (laughs) That's how I'm going to die, you guys. That's how I want to die. I'm going to go back in time to 1990. I'm going to get in a cage with Bull Nakano and say, hey. I want four leg drops, please, from the top of this cage. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, then I will die while I'm still a baby and fuck up time forever. But it'll be worth it for those. It'll leg be drops. worth it. Oh yeah. man, that would be the best VHS tape of all time. Yeah, her, her doing that to a baby. <laughs> <That'd> be amazing. <laughs> like this illegally traded, like Silk Road VHS yeah. tape. You of- get this. You get uh, like Bud Dwyer suicide, and then. Uh, <laughs> Bull Nakano leg dropping a baby from the top of a cage. I just, I would really like, you know, like time travel, like handwritten in a Sharpie on a VHS tape and it's Bull Nakano leg dropping a baby who traveled back in time and explicitly traveled back in time. That's part of it. That's the entrance. Yeah. Is that you coming through a time vortex? Yep. Yeah. Open, 
a wormhole <laughs> into the cage, and it's just a baby. Guys, it's going to be so good when we run a wrestling promotion. Yeah. Yeah, we are. You're just going to cover a peanut allergic baby in shells, yep. and then you're going to leg drop onto it. It's going to kick ass. Nate is shaking his head at me. For some reason, he thinks that clip is going to be controversial. <laughs> I think we nailed it. Uh, I think we're probably heading. Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, if we don't get VC funding from this, from this episode, yeah, there is no justice in the world. Elon, nut up. <laughs> well, LB, thank you so much for joining us and introducing us to this insane fucking thing that I'm now going to be obsessed with. <laughs> Same. Um, thank you. And uh, also, I'm kind of mad at you because now this is a whole other like hours and hours and hours of wrestling I need to watch. <laughs> so, you know. A slightly passive-aggressive thank you. Oh, you can see that. Um, I, instead of saying you're welcome or sorry, I just was sitting here shrugging my shoulders triumphantly in like a dance. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Forgetting um, that you can't see me because I have a little bit of a fever right now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm sad that we are separated by several thousand miles, but also don't want to have a fever. So I appreciate that. I um, hope your fever uh, leaves very soon. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so, so much for having me. This has been so fun. And yeah. talking to you about wrestling is the most fun, which is why I do it all day long, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Um, and in the grand tradition of our show, uh, we're going to let you do the honors and uh, share a Greg fact with us for the inaugural, annual, whatever, recurring th- segment, uh, the WrestleSplania Greg Minute. The bit. <laughs> Can I be a brag guy? I want to be a brag guy. Oh, be a brag guy. Be a brag guy, yeah. So um, something you may not know about me, listeners, is I'm kind of a celebrity, uh, kind of a famous art person, because I did the Greg is Big Now shirt. Yeah, everybody go Um, buy one. They're great. And I brought him the original art to PWG at Mystery Vortex after um, Dustin had just won back the PWG championship, and Greg was taking thumbtacks out of his back (laughs) I gave Greg the art and in return he offered me some thumbtacks that I did not take from Chuck Taylor's back covered in blood he so he dug them out of Chuck Taylor's back for you as a gift no he was just doing it and uh, I gave him the art and he said like oh man no you're gonna give me all your art I don't even like and it was I don't think he said I don't have anything to give you but that was the the kind of I don't the know, vibe. text. And he said, do you want to help me take these out? You can have some if you want. And I said, no, thank you. You know, I I feel like Greg just understands you so well. To, yeah. know, to know that that would be a normal thing to offer you. I, uh, that's, it's near biblical. Like he has nothing to give. So he only gives you bloody thumbtacks. <laughs> Unlike the rich man who gives you a t-shirt. <laughs> That's wonderful. That is a heartwarming story. It really is. It's a very Greg story and a very LB story. (laughs) A very Dustin story. He was really uncomfortable with the whole thing. Dustin apparently did not consent to having his DNA offered to a relative stranger. Um, Dustin, you're so uptight. Come on, man. man. It's fine. It's just DNA. (laughs) It can only imprison you. Exactly. Um, 
Well, yeah, that is our show for this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, shout out to our producer, Nate, at Vrunt, uh, for putting all of this together, getting our Skype working. We get to shout out LB while they're actually on the podcast. Shout out, LB. <laughs> yeah, every week, you're not here. Our West Coast producer, LB. Our, yeah. Uh, shout out to Illy Boshin, our uh, logo designer. Um, and I think that's it for this week. Please follow us on Twitter at WrestleSplania, Instagram, WrestleSplania, WrestleSplania at gmail.com. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. And uh, thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>